Hi everyone, it's Guillaume from Startup Basecamp. Welcome to the Tech for Climate podcast. During the show, you will have the opportunity to meet the best climate tech founders, investors, and experts from both Silicon Valley and around the globe. They will share with you their stories and personal journeys into this growing and exciting industry, giving you some insight into the ecosystems that help you to take part in the fight against climate change and benefit from the opportunities it can represent podcast is divided in two small interviews. So in the first part, you will get to know our speakers, their perspectives on the climate crisis and how climate tech is changing the game. Second part of the discussion will be for members of our community who will learn the speaker's secret sauce on how to and share with you their unique expertise on topics such as fundraising, management, strategy and so on to help you to become a better leader in your field. So before we start, I would like to quickly share what we are doing at Startup Basecamp to support climate tech founders in accessing resources and gaining visibility with investors they seek. Our initiatives include a membership-based community platform offering access to a dedicated Slack group with a growing number of founders, experts and investors from around the world and a series of exclusive content such as interviews, weekly job listings, events, and our quarterly online pitch of night opportunity. But more than a place where you can learn, exchange, and grow, we are building a matchmaking service to facilitate connections between our members and top investors and experts in the field. And soon, alongside with other top investors, we will be launching a small fund to co-invest in the growth and acceleration of our members. Finally, all of this is possible because of your support and donations. We are a small self-funded team and we want you to be part of this collective movement against climate change. So please share one episode with a friend and subscribe to the channels. As an added bonus, we will plant a tree for each of our subscribers each time we reach 1,000 new fans or donors. Do not hesitate to connect with me via social media or email guillaume at Startup Basecamp. Thanks a lot for listening. I hope to get in touch with you soon. And now, let's go for the show. Hi, everyone. To this episode, we are speaking with Thierry Johan, head and founder at Ellen Ventures. Ellen Ventures is the venture arm of Ellen Limited, one of the largest energy companies in the Nordics. Ellen Ventures operates at the junction of energy tech and climate tech with a specific focus on those companies building digital ecosystems to tackle energy problems. I was thrilled to have Terry on the show because of the seasoned perspective she provided of the climate tech landscape after a long career in the sector. Terry has always been interested in sustainability and tech, beginning with her secondary school education, but at the time the cleanest energy available was nuclear. Terry drives towards promoting climate tech was very much driven by this early understanding of energy infrastructure and a desire to improve it. After a long career at Nokia and a successful startup, Terry wanted to help founders learn from her mistakes and became involved with dozens of climate tech startups as an angel investor and eventually founded Ellen Ventures. In this episode, Terry offers a deep dive into the main markets of the Nordic region and where Ellen Venture fits in within them. She offers a thorough overview of the main sectors of the climatic landscape by way of an explanation as to why the region is such a leader in energy and transportation tech. 
Along the show, we will cover together what do the Nordics offer that stimulate innovation, what industries are leading in Nordics and why, which traditional industry in the region have the most potential for good solution and founders. In the second part of the show, Terry explains what criteria she uses to gauge her potential investment and their impact on climate. In doing so, she explains what she likes to hear from the founders she ends up supporting. She also gives her two cents on how to navigate a good work-life balance with some good books. Terry, welcome to the show. Hi Terry, welcome to the Tech for Climate podcast. I'm super happy to have you here with us uh, today. I'm looking forward to, you know, to this great opportunity to hear your story and get uh, up to speed on what you guys are looking at with uh, Ellen Venture. So welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. So now it's a tradition. We always ask a 30 second introduction. So can you please give us one for Helen Venture? Sure. So Helen Venture is the investment arm of Helen, here, the, the energy company here in the Nordics. We focus on investing in the most innovative startups, focusing on the energy tech, climate tech uh, here, in the, uh, here in Europe. So we invest broader than just the Nordics. And uh, we are especially interested in uh, the companies which are building up on digital ecosystem. So let's start from the top. Can you tell us a bit more about your personal story and background? I mean, what are you passionate about? What do you do besides working on, you know, in supporting and investing uh, in founders? I mean, what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? As I always ask, like, who is Terry? <laughs> so um, I, I have to say this so so i am from the field of uh, renewable energy that's the the area which i actually started uh when i was already uh, in in um how would you say upper upper comprehensive school so i had this uh, courses on physics when we discussed about uh, building up the windmills and how that will change the world and uh, and make, make it all better so so that was a long time ago but uh, but i'm still in that same kind of quest of finding the tech which actually can make uh, the world better and i think that in this day uh, there is no bigger question to solve than the climate tech and uh, and therefore of course what i would like to do professionally is to bring my my five cents into making that happen and accelerating the the good things which can can help us to solve some of those issues and besides work and you know, besides all of uh, these uh, big quests i mean uh, tell us a bit more like what do you do uh, you know during your, your free time are you like so, someone so who's uh, passionate about nature like most of our guests yeah. on the show or what's your uh, yeah what really I, I love you? nature anyway so, so nature is very close to my heart so, so one of my favorite things now is the summertime so, so focusing on going into the finnish archipelago on sailing boats when it's completely quiet and you have all these beautiful islands and birds and everything and the water is there and the wind so so that makes me super relaxed and that's kind of the world i want to save so 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 that that also is there for the generations to go so love to go that's fantastic so tell us a bit more maybe then about your uh, you know different work and, and life experience prior uh, alien ventures i mean if you could summarize maybe like one or two gold nuggets of experience that in a way during that journey gave you an edge to to start or to found the, the firm with uh, ellen yeah. 
So, so I kind of got into the investing through starting to do my own angel investments. So, so that's my kind of route in. So, so I was a founder CEO and I kind of felt that, that there are certain things which I could kind of, somebody can learn from something I did so they wouldn't do it again or, or some of the, the tips of what I've learned at Nokia times. So, so I kind of thought that that would be super cool to, to be able to, to work with the, the other guys who want to build their own companies and uh, that's how I got into basically uh, into the venture capital so first uh, like eventually becoming professional and starting starting first with my my own money and time and uh, and then uh, moving into the the institutional side so before we, we jump into the you know the genesis of uh, Ellen Venture um, you know I, I went through your uh, your resume and and I saw that you were not like at first uh, climate tech so or clean tech, uh, which is quite kind of normal because uh, it has been like you know uh, heard more and more as a term uh, around uh, 2020. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. can you like maybe mention if you recall any specific moment where you said okay um, you know I have this experience I uh, have started to enjoy invest uh, and in fact no uh, really there is this uh, climate and climate tech, uh, you know, ecosystem that is uh, happening. And I want to uh, even take a, a bigger step with, uh, with towards climate change and helping to, to, to do that. So do you have any like aha moment uh, that uh, you recall as such that was really defining you uh, to take the de decision and leap? So I think it goes uh, in two levels. So the so one is when I was, uh, as I said earlier, already at school. So, so this was the topic which I was uh, having a passion for. And uh, remember the time uh, at that time I ordered the the uh the kind of uh, environmental uh at that time you still post ordered uh the environmental um kind of joining into um uh, into uh one of the on the uh green uh, maybe i don't mention the name but one of the green uh activist groups <laughs> so kind of thinking that and uh and i read it and uh, i thought uh the first thing was like no into nuclear and uh, then I was also at the same time very interested in physics and uh, that was a con kind of contrast to me, like thinking that, okay, but that's the cleanest uh, of the, the forms of energy at that time because the, the wind and the renewables were not yet there. So, so that kind of thinking that, okay, I would want to do something about bringing this tech into, into the world and the whole kind of contrast of different perspectives and different tech was super interesting. Um, I went to Nokia because uh, Nokia was uh, uh, at that time the fastest growing uh, company in, in Finland and uh, a great opportunity to learn and build the uh, skills and, uh, and, uh, and take uh, the technology into the world. And uh, what I wanted to do after that was then combining these two things. So, so kind of my original training uh, of uh, studying electrical engineering and then also looking at the capabilities of bringing the digital capabilities and, and communication and networks uh, technologies into, into the same picture. Because of course, when we build up into climate tech, we need both. So, so it is not just the hardware, which uh, you need the tools on top of that to optimize, to predict and to build those. And I felt that uh, being able to kind of out of my experience, bring that into, into the climate tech world was something I wanted to do. And that's how 
basically became the thesis of uh, what we do at Elementus. Fantastic. We'll come back uh, to that. That was a, a long story, after. so maybe we'll shorten that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all, all stories are great. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. So let's take a, a, a zoom out and a, a step back, you know, at the Nordic uh, climate tech ecosystem. If you could maybe give us like, a, you know, an overview uh, of the, the landscape today. I mean, we hear a lot about like Nordic countries and there's a lot of funds uh, emerging from there. So what are the, the fundamentals uh, that drives the clean climate tech uh, Nordic market today? I, I think I see many perspectives. So, so of course, you have uh, great uh, energy uh, companies and the energy industries in the Nordics. So electrical engineering here in Finland, uh, and then you have oil and gas, uh, especially if you look at the Norwegian market. And uh, and then also uh, the the capabilities of uh, like uh, the automotive ecosystem uh, in Sweden also in Finland somewhat, so 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 combination of those kind of uh, skills what is uh, strong in the market and bringing new capabilities on top of that. So so looking at the solutions like uh, bringing uh, the the batteries into market or bringing autonomous vehicles uh, because you have this capability of uh, history which has been in the market and bring it into a new level or new perspective, which I find very, very interesting. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, the whole area of renewables. So, so bringing up hydrogen technologies and bringing up uh, solar, wind and solar, basically, uh, which uh, also happens in the other markets, but uh, but uh, is really rapidly accelerating at this stage in this market. Okay. And maybe you can tell us about like maybe Finland uh, specifically. I mean, which sector do you, do you see? And maybe we can speak a little bit larger at the European level because you guys are also scouting the, the whole market. But uh, which sectors of the, the so-called you know, climate ecosystem are growing, according to you, the, the fastest and, and maybe why? I mean, which are the, the drivers behind that, uh, that growth mm. that you see? I think there are multiple like interesting nuggets at the moment. So, so there is this battery technologies, which are there bringing supercapacitors into uh, combining that with the tech. Uh, obviously, from the kind of older tradition of uh, Finnish industries, so you have these turbines, micro turbines, uh, solutions like inverters and building up those capabilities. Uh, so, so, so those um, uh, th those you see quite a lot. But then you also have this kind of a, you could say new perspectives, if you may, where you can combine climate tech, like using the satellite technologies into into climate issues or or looking at the, the capabilities of uh, like quantum computing. So, so you could use it as a basis of doing some of those environmental modeling, which uh, requires so much more processing capabilities because we are dealing with such a big system, systemic impact. So, so that kind of brings, I think, uh, you could say the new perspectives, which uh, we see that uh, where Finnish, Finnish uh, startups and, uh, and um, kind of capabilities which are in the market could really make a difference in in climate tech so according to you i mean if we, again we speak a bit more like about the nordic uh, countries uh, what would be the, the advantages uh, and weaknesses in regard of the decarbonization of the economy i mean how would you compare uh, yeah. nordic countries decarbonization effort versus 
the EU at large, or, or even maybe the, mm. the US. Uh, do you see you know, any major like roadblocks? Uh, I mean, what needs to happen to accelerate the movement, and and in yeah. which timeline do you think it uh, sounds realistic to you? Mm. So I think uh, one of the uh, the areas, uh, or there are actually multiple, you could say, green premium, which happen in the Nordic ecosystem, also larger in, in Europe, but especially in the Nordics. So first of all, you normally don't hear it, but actually the regulatory environment in, in the Nordics is very progressive. So looking at these capabilities to build the uh, kind of a environment where you can actually start to create something new. So, so, so that provides opportunities for the businesses to start building on top of it. And, and then at the same time, if you look at the, um, you could say society as a large uh, in in the nordics so people have this mindset uh, that uh, there is no debate whether climate warming is happening uh, so so you need to solve it and also like this kind of attitude let's go do it let's do something stop talking about it let's do something about it and also uh, the the attitude of demanding that from the businesses so so consumers at large start to demand the uh, the companies to be more responsible and uh, and that of course creates uh, on both sides you bring the new tech so solving the issues but then at the same time demanding the solutions so so i think this kind of combination of of these and uh, and then largely i think that also uh, technical so like engineering capabilities in the nordics uh, um, we we tend to be uh, pretty strong at uh, this kind of uh, kind of engineering capabilities which are needed in this topic more in the engineering than some of the other markets might be stronger at bringing them into market. We need to learn still more about that, but uh, but then capabilities uh, which you can actually build tech to to actually okay. make it. So you would would you consider that like maybe as a well, called like a weakness or like a point of improvement for the uh, Nordic uh, market and to go in a. I would say like an accelerated path of decarbonization of the economy, or do you see any other like roadblocks that are slowing it down right now, and that could be you know improved by new uh, maybe new ventures, new uh, regulation, new policies? Uh, what's yeah. your uh, what's your take on that? I think there are many things which are really good, like. Um thinking of uh, EVs in, in Norway, which is the world leading in bringing up the, the capabilities and get the kind of transition happening faster and accelerated. So I think it's a great road model for most of the countries how, how to do things. Uh, so, so I think that um, one of the things, of course, it requires money. So, so that we invest into uh, building it faster and uh, take, take risks. Uh, but also there you see many examples of building up mega factories or something which uh, really is into enabling those things to happen maybe the last one which i would really wish to see more uh, so so as i said i i really like uh, the combination of being bringing digital tools into uh, climate tech and uh, in the nordic system you have very good uh, software and uh, gaming and uh, and this kind of uh, capabilities so so get people who have that kind of skills uh, to apply it into this field more so so that that is something i really would want to see more happening which you do have actually more i would say in in some of the other markets uh, at this stage yeah, it's, it's incredible to see, for instance, on the, the, I would say the U.S. market to see the, the amount of tech talents from Silicon Valley and elsewhere, like 
really mm -hmm. uh, trying to, to rush into those uh, uh, clean tech, climate tech, uh, you know, jobs and position by the uh, yeah. animated by you know by the, a lot a lot of time by uh, purpose and uh, you know mission and feeling that uh, okay I, yeah. I was well paid at uh, at the big G uh, but mm. uh, I really want uh, to make something that uh, can be uh, can be a difference okay interesting yeah. so yeah. according to you. Um, what makes you think or not uh, that economic growth is compatible with sustainability and you know reducing uh, global emission? Because we often hear uh, from more maybe the more activist side of, of the spectrum of the society that uh, the only way to go uh, would be degrowth. Mm. I do. Maybe because I'm an engineer, uh, so my my thinking always goes like, okay, if there's a problem, we can and we should find tech to solve it. Of course, you don't have silver bullets. This is a systemic issue, and there are so many things we can do. But then at the same time, I I actually do believe that uh, that is super important that we bring the capabilities which are not harmful. Of course, you need to have the demand, you need to have regulatory support, uh, but but then at the same time being able to, to actually solve those issues technically so that uh, you can uh, introduce those uh, those new tech into the market quicker. Uh, I do think that, of course, uh, you will have a different world uh, as it is today. And I think they are also not just uh, the climate tech, but also the national security and, and the other issues which are coming into play or deglobalization, which uh, might drive a similar uh, trajectory in, in the economic system. But, uh, but then on the other hand, um, all those problems always create uh, opportunities for clever minds to, to find solutions for it. And that's, that's, of course, the bread and butter of being a, a venture capitalist to, to kind of look at those, uh, those opportunities but and helping you... to them to grow faster, basically. And, and, and do you think that, um, you know, when you look at the PIB and the growth in general of the economic, uh, you know, um, in itself, or the, uh, do you see or do you feel that it would be uh, able to, uh, we would be able to keep, uh, to, to grow that baby or something needs to, needs to change or maybe it's just like the way of like uh, people consuming and like how we calculate growth uh, mm -hmm. in terms of like, uh, you know, the pure data uh, mm -hmm. that would it, is it still compatible with uh, a model where, um, you know, we need absolutely to no. drastically uh, reduce no, CO2 emissions and decarbonize? Mm, I think the world is different and we need to accept it. And uh, when you accept that uh, it is different, uh, then you start to find solutions. So, so I do think that uh, we need to stop wasting the resources. We are wasting the, the, the resources of the world in few months of the year, uh, which uh, should last for the whole year. And we are doing it on a regular basis. So, so it, of course, you can't keep on doing that. Uh, will it automatically mean that we will be worse off? I don't know. So, so that depends on uh, how we define it. So, so, so you have, of course, different like what people need to do. So, so I'm a big believer, of course, on meat-based food <laughs> and this kind of thing. So you can actually make a difference, or or you have capabilities to like uh, in our area of uh, looking at energy tech, stop wasting the energy because most of the energy is actually wasted. It's uh, heated into the air or in the data centers instead of used used into the clever way. So all these side streams that circular economy. So 
think that uh, the biggest issue where we really need to be much more careful on is uh, stop wasting uh, the resources and uh, even maybe stop considering them as a resource for us. But uh, we are living in this world and uh, and therefore also respecting that. So so the world we need to change and we need to evolve. Uh, so I think that's that's quite obvious. But what does it mean in terms of uh, some of the things we are used to? So so tourists allowed, I'd say. Some of them will go, some of them, maybe you have something better. So I will see. Okay, and uh, let's like to, to, to zoom out and just like finish this uh, this first part of the of the interview related to the, the macro uh, trends. Like, you know, with this, um, this goal, you know, that we, we have in mind of like to keep to 1.5 uh, Celsius overall, you know, temperature increase by 2050, or like I would say the goal of fighting yeah. climate change as soon as possible, because I'm not even yeah. sure about that one anymore. I mean, what is according to you the, the proportion of like tech versus nature-based solution that need to be implemented? And, and do you believe that uh, it's important to push both type of solution and in which, in which manner? I mean, what's your view on that? So, so maybe if, if I look at it from the perspective of industries, so, so I think that uh, uh, one of the things what we need to do is, as I said, be much more efficient. Uh, we also need to prepare for some of the change which is already on the way. So, so in some cases, uh, we are already too late. So, which I think is scary. But, uh, but then at the same time, kind of thinking of how do we adapt into into the new world, and then of course looking at the capabilities of uh, not just reducing. Of course, we need to reduce. That's obvious. But, uh, but then also solutions like uh, carbon capture and uh, and finding out economic means of uh, of doing something which is bigger. So I think there we only have one world. <laughs> so so I think that uh, they are like a, I don't really want to debate on on you know different things, uh, but rather look at it more from like a pragmatically. So that what do we do, and what can we how can we contribute into into finding those solutions. Mm -hmm. So let's go into the, the specifics of uh, Ellen Venture now. I mean, can you tell us a bit more about like the, the story behind it, the genesis of it? I mean, what's the initial gap uh, you saw that led to the thesis behind uh, Ellen Venture? Yeah. So as I said, uh, Helen, Helen Ventures is the investment arm of Helen, the energy company here in the Nordics. So, so the focus was really very much uh, from the actually looking at the corporate strategy. So realizing the the massive amount of green transition which needs to happen, and and also realizing that uh, there are new set of skill sets which are needed. Uh, so obviously Helen has uh, very strong capabilities in terms of tech and hardware and uh, production and this kind of things, finding out um, wind and solar and uh, looking at new new types of ways of uh, doing district heating or, or networks. Uh, but then also realizing that there's so much to do with the optimization or, or predicting or capabilities which are more traditionally strong at uh, startups. 
and uh, how do we kind of bridge that gap, join forces, and uh, and uh, and then also accelerate the change, uh, which we can help on uh, to to drive forward. So 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 that's basically uh, the the original thesis. So so more to do with the kind of a like a realizing the gap of what needs to happen and how do we get there, um, kind of a strategic perspective, uh, and uh, and then also I think. Uh, Personally, I also believe that uh, when you drive a solution like that, uh, where you can do um, right things, uh, but then also make them efficient uh, from the economic perspective, that's normally when you actually can drive a biggest change. So based on the, you know, we see a lot of like climate tech venture funds like popping up uh, everywhere. And I think it's uh, super exciting to see that uh, there's a real strong interest to, uh, to invest in this uh, type of companies. And uh, we are really there to, to support that. But uh, what, do you, uh, what do you offer to uh, the founders that you uh, invest in? It's often a question like, why should I go with uh, Alien Venture uh, instead of mm. uh, going with uh, uh, other funds that I, I won't name it? Uh, but mm. um, I mean, and maybe is it related to what you guys are offering to the, the challenges uh, that you see that are specific to the uh, to the founders that uh, you invest in? I think the, the biggest issue and uh, the added value what we can bring. So we are uh, focused on on the energy sector and we really truly really understand the sector specific industry specific things. So, so many times, if you want to drive the change, the best is to drive it from the inside. So, so I think that perspective. Uh, so we we truly understand uh, compared to some of the the others who are more generalists and not as focused. Uh, we truly understand the world uh, and the industry and the market where the startup is working on, and that's the uh, the kind of uh, which helps, uh, which enables us to help them and, and uh, support them in uh, tackling that and scaling in those markets. Uh, so the other, of course, uh, being the Nordic perspective. So as we discussed earlier, so some of those uh, kind of perspectives you can bring in. And uh, I think the, the last one, uh, which is my perspective. So I'm a strong believer in cooperative theory. So, so meaning that uh, for a startup to really change the world, uh, it needs all the help it can get. And we bring one perspective, uh, but most of the times uh, I'm a great believer in, on syndication so that you can have different perspectives into into the deal and all joining forces in in helping this company to grow and develop and make a difference so so I would more say that um, the market needs all the players and more and uh, and uh, we need even more uh, so, so I think the the amount of uh, investment which is required into uh, into climate tech is uh, still too small and uh, and then of course uh, joining forces and making make because many of the, the the funds in in Europe are still relatively small so so kind of collaboration and co kind of com combining forces um, adds value to to the startup in the end so it's not very competitive i would say so how do you source uh, your uh, incredible like founders team that uh, that you found i mean who should come to, to pitch you and maybe you can give us like uh, you know some example of uh, one or two previous investments that uh, that you did i mean what makes the them special i would say like the team maybe the market the tech i mean mm. which are the characteristics of incredible founders for you 
Yeah, so so um, we we tend to look at uh, digital first uh, solutions. So it means in our industry it might be hardware enabled, uh, but looking at those uh, digital models, business models. That's kind of one one of the things which makes us different to many of the other climate tech investors who tend to be focusing on bringing the hardware first. And this whole debate of hardware versus software, I think, is uh, you need both anyways. So so software alone will not change the world, uh, but hardware will benefit of uh, having the software on top of it. And uh, once you have this kind of baseline on which you can build on is is something where we are very good at. Uh, so so looking at those uh, those type of startups who are in that space and if you look at our portfolio so many of the companies have for example ai capabilities or building up digital twins or or looking at satellite and then bringing ai to analyze the, the images and so forth so 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 that kind of uh, capabilities and tech is something where we feel very comfortable and we understand it so so that's when we we bring value and so, and where do you find those founders? Like, how do you how do you source them? So uh, I think that uh, as a new player, first of course we needed to do a lot of work. So so first of all, nobody knew that we exist. So so we needed to go out there, uh, look at the the startups, and and get to know them. So so it was a. Uh, um, like uh, we did also the sales job, if you may, in that sense. And uh, and then I think now we start to be in a, in a position where we have such a great portfolio. I'm so proud of it. So so then you start to have these calls from the founders saying that, yeah, we saw that you invested in this and this company and we can complement them by bringing our solution here. And it adds value so that uh, we, we would be a good fit for your portfolio. So I think uh, partially, uh, so we are strong. I think any investor is as strong as their portfolio. So, so I think uh, largely I'm very thankful for the brave ones who, who chose to go with us in the first place. So which sectors um, are the most promising for you today in terms of what I call the impact cash return or ICR? I mean, meaning building your impactful companies while creating highly profitable business. Do you see any underdogs or subsectors area that uh, you're the most excited about? I am. Um... I tend to like uh, all of these uh, AI-based solutions where you build up, uh, because many of the solutions what we are looking at are networks or or our systems. So if you're building up the optimization in that level, you can be much more, uh, the machine can be better than operator by hand. So, so therefore you have a lot of data, uh, those environments where you have lots of data, you use the data to bring something like insights or you bring uh, processes more efficient. So, so that kind of um, can be in multiple areas. So it can be in, in the process, like I, I really like the, for example, what the satellite technology enables. Now you start to have uh, satellite images more readily available. So what you can do with those so that you can see something almost real time versus sending a helicopter to go and investigate something once in a year. So, so that kind of capability is to do something in a new way. Yeah, in in even in the industries which might be uh, quite traditional, uh, I I find very interesting. But then also, of course, uh, what we want to see is uh, is these capabilities of uh, of um, like uh, 
of course, when you optimize things more more carefully, you have less CO2. So that's a short term. But then I think the the other perspective of, as I said earlier, stop wasting. So most of the energy is wasted. So so that we obviously need to do something about. And how to do something about it? I think still the answer, partially at least, one of the answers lies in in optimizing it more more carefully. So out of all the pitches you, you hear, I mean, in your opinion, which are the, the solution that you believe makes no sense whatsoever and sounds like they may be a waste of time and resource or maybe even greenwashing? <laughs> Do you have a couple of examples without naming any uh, any company specifically uh, that you, you saw passing your desk and you were like, okay, this is just uh, not... I, uh... I don't really see uh, directly like that but of course some of the issues which i do see uh, without names obviously is that the impact is small so so that uh, it might be a nice solution but if the market is way too small or if uh, the solution is only attractive to a very small sub-segment or if uh, the difference you can make in terms of savings is minute uh, compared to for example, the cost of implementing it, those you tend to see, which uh, are more to do with uh, kind of trying to do and finding the, the right things, but maybe not doing the homework so that you actually do the calculation. Some of them might be that they are too early and the market will come and the market will grow. Uh, so so those, those, of course, have the potential. And then the question is, when is the right time to invest? But some of those are also focusing on uh, like nitty gritties instead of focusing on the big problems. So, so I think that 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 you see like on a regular basis. So I, I believe it's a good segue for my next question. Like, how do you measure impact? I mean, in comparison to other funds, I don't recall that uh, you're mentioning any like specific criteria in terms of like, uh, you know, tons of uh, gigatons of CO2 yeah. are removed yeah. or do you have like a specific process or frameworks uh, do you rely maybe on you know scientists yeah. or experts uh, to validate this take and this impact I mean what are the, the criteria for an adventure? Yeah, for us. So, so I said, we are not the Article 9. Uh, so, so in that sense, uh, it gives us a little bit more, I would say, freedom to also look at the solutions. Uh, and many times, I think also in a software sense, uh, Article 9 might be restricting because you are looking indirectly and, and then it goes into uh, the question of, is it really having the impact you say it is having? So I think uh, partially I want to avoid that discussion. So for us, what we are doing, as I said, we focus on the energy tech mainly, so that angle and that sector perspective. And uh, what we do is basically uh, when we look at the, the startups, of course, uh, we focus on the, the, the first, does it fit into our criteria? Uh, does it uh, bring into that context of our theme? So we are kind of thematic uh, in our investment. And and then of course when you go into DD, so so we have of course ESG questionnaire and especially focusing on E, that's uh, the most important for us out of those. And um, and then of course when we do the investment, uh, we 
do require certain reporting KPIs and also measuring and follow up of, of those, which we do uh, at the face of uh, the uh, the managing of the investment. So so from that perspective, that's what we do. And I think um, many times what we have been, so we are, for example, part of um, Leaders for Climate Action. So, so looking at that kind of a criteria and tools which are provided, that's where we, we feel comfortable working on. Mm -hmm. So what's next for Helen Venture? So I think uh, the, the big question, of course, is to grow. So help these companies to grow, because I think that the uh, only way to make a difference is actually bring something into the market, which is scaled into the level that actually makes a difference. So so, so I, I'm really proud of the portfolio, what we have, and uh, looking forward to kind of uh, get them to realize the potential what they have in the market. So, so I think that's the most exciting. So what's your personal view on the, on the climate crisis? I mean, as I always ask, are we doomed? Uh, what would you say to, to people who feel demoralized, you know, by all the terrible news and yeah. already visible consequences? I mean, we saw the summer here in Europe was a disaster, I would say already. Uh, yeah. All of those consequences of uh, climate change, like what would you tell them? I think uh, it is scary. So I think uh, if you look at the um, the current situation in Europe, so, so I think it would be... Uh, stupid not to say that it is scary the stages where we are already today and where will it lead and what it will mean into into the world so i think that that i think is fair uh, what i do think that um which i think um which is very important to me is is not just talk about it but uh, being in the position that I can actually do something about it. So I can't solve, <laughs> I can solve my five cents or whatever, uh, but uh, but kind of working on something which actually brings those solutions into market and accelerating. So that keeps me optimistic. So, so that uh, when you have a problem and you have the great minds and what I would say that uh, and hopeful call for the founders to to really come into this field and use the capabilities and skills what they have and to help us solve it because it will need all all hands on deck to 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 be able to do it and uh, and partially I do think that also it is also mitigation or kind of a how would I say like um, how do we adapt into the situation also so that uh, that we need to also start like thinking forward as well fortunately but, uh, but that's needed but i'm still very optimistic so i think that's the the end part so it will not might not be the kind of a environment where in an economic sense what we've seen but um, but it, at the same time, uh, it's also a question of us making it, uh, making it and contributing into it, not just watching out. So how can the community of um, you know uh, LPs, investors, founders, experts listening to the show today can uh, can help you? So I think that uh, first of all, the founders. So bringing up these uh, capabilities, what you have, and uh, and making it uh, so like a, in all a kind of a, a modesty. So do you want to use it your skills to get people to buy more stuff what they don't need, or do you want to put your effort and capability to actually make the world better? So I think uh, for more and more people and founders, uh, they join into that idea that okay, uh, so I want to. Make Make a difference and if you're using my time mainly in the work when you're awake you're, and 
working. So why not do something which actually, uh, you know, is positive to the world? So, so I think that's uh, the part for the founders. And uh, and then for the investors, I think that uh, we need still more money. So, so if you really look at this, the size of the problem, what we are facing in order to be optimistic about it, we need to go in there and solve those issues. And therefore, it is a question of investment as well. So, so putting putting more money into work and uh, and then at the same time, it's not just doing right. But uh, when you have a problem of this magnitude, it is uh, going to be fundamental to many people to actually acquire those solutions so that you, you can have the tech in place. And therefore, of course, it will be also a, a great opportunity for, for getting return on investment. So I think it always is good when these two go hand in hand. And when you have a huge problem, uh, you, you will also uh, need uh, solutions but there there is also a huge opportunity so so let's go get get our things done so that we can we can make it better any question i should have uh, asked you and i did not for this uh, first part of the interview not really nothing fantastic thank you so much Terry, for your time your incredible insights uh, on uh, the industry i'm so excited to see you know so many brilliant people and women like you uh, putting so much effort uh, to move the ball towards a better and cleaner world so thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you very much for having me here it's a pleasure Hi, it's Guillaume again. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. As I said, do not hesitate to share an episode with a friend. Also, if you value the work we do for the climate tech ecosystem, here is how you can contribute to it. Today, I'm asking for your support and a donation or sponsorship to make the work of our self-funded team more viable. Even a small contribution means a lot to us. In any case, I will invite you to subscribe to our channels and visit our website startupdscamp.org to discover more episodes like this one and get your membership to access all our members' exclusive content. So remember, all of this is possible because of your support and donation. And we want you to be part of this collective movement against climate change. Let's keep in touch and I hope you will enjoy our next show with us. Thank you.